0: In 2022, 274 million people are in need of humanitarian assistance and protection. Preventing, mitigating, and responding to humanitarian crises is a challenge. Can fiction and storytelling play a role? Can it raise awareness and motivate action to address the causes and consequences of humanitarian crises? My name is Ruth Mukwana, and I host the Saha podcast, Stories and Humanitarian Action. Welcome to Saha, Stories on Humanitarian Action. I have a great show for you today, but before I introduce my guest, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to my YouTube channel, like, comment, and listen, and share this video. My guest today is Ida Mengistu, who is the deputy head of the Inter- Interagency Standing Committee's Peer-to-Peer Support Project, which provides targeted support to humanitarian leaders in country operations. Prior to this role, she was deputy head of OCHA's regional office for Southern and East Africa, supporting humanitarian action in 25 countries across the region. Before this, she was a desk officer in OCHA's operations and advocacy division in New York, supporting humanitarian operations in Sudan, South Sudan, Somalia, and Burundi. And before that, she worked with OCHA in Darfur, in Sudan. Before joining OCHA, Ida worked as a senior program officer at the International Peace Institute, working with the African Union and Africa regional organizations to operationalize conflict prevention and response mechanisms. Ida is a graduate of the Fletcher School of Law and Diplomacy and a mother of three children. Welcome to the show, Aida.
1: Thank you very much, Ruth. Great to be here today.
0: And I'm glad, and I know you're very busy, so thank you so much for making time to speak with me. Thank you, Ruth. I'm very excited. Yeah. I didn't know that you had worked with the International Peace Institute and I'm actually curious and I'm sure others would be too. What does the International Peace Institute do?
1: So it's um, actually a a sort of a think tank. It's based out of New York and primarily works with the UN and acts, well wants to really act as um, a, a place where uh UN officials, member states, civil society, NGOs have a space to really step away from their work and really um in a in a free space um analyze the context that uh, that um they work in really try to find um solutions um and this is all supported by mostly by academics so it's 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 a think tank but also works with Um, in Africa and Asia with institutions there, such as the African Union in Africa, but also ECOWAS, SADC, and other sub-regional organizations. Right. And the ISC, the
0: Interagency Standing Committee, and what is that body exactly?
1: So, uh, basically, the Interagency Standing Committee is a group of humanitarian organizations. So, Um, UN and international uh, organizations that are really um, working together to respond to humanitarian um, uh, disasters around the globe. Right. And how did you end up? I mean, I know you and I have
0: worked together. Actually, we are very close colleagues and friends. But how did you end up in the
1: humanitarian aid sector? Um, It was actually a little bit, by accident in a way, um, although this has al- always been something I wanted to do since I was a child. Um, uh, you know, it's cliche, but uh, when I was growing up, I was born, you know, around where the big... Um, uh, hunger, the famine in Ethiopia was happening in the 80s. I was born mm-hmm. before that, but I really remember the 80s, beginning of 80s, where this is, was unfolding and remember looking, seeing, um, you know, humanitarian workers on TV and thinking, okay, that's one, some, you know, I would like to help. Um, and, and and that's, I remember vividly, but fast forward a couple of years and I was really working more on the academic research part mm-hmm. of um you know the peace aspect of it, you know, peace building um uh, part of it, conflict resolution. Um and uh was working in Sudan in the resident coordinator's office um supporting these kind of efforts when the Darfur crisis unfolded and uh mm-hmm. the uh, OCHA uh needed people to really um support that effort so I was um you know approached to to support that and you know, and that's where it started. Right.
0: And either in your current job or some of these many jobs you've done so far, what is it you find enjoying doing this work or fulfilling for you?
1: Um, I think there's many aspects of the work that, that I enjoyed. Um, I find that it's really, it's, it's focused on, on the people, the most vulnerable, mm-hmm. you know, um, globally that are suffering from um, situations that they don't necessarily create, you know, conflict yeah. around them, climate, uh, droughts and floods, um, and really, you know, being part of the effort to, to support, to help them is deeply um, um, fulfilling uh, 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 and that's, that's obviously a, a, an obvious one. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. but i also get to work with incredible people uh, this sector really attracts people that are idealist yeah. that are um really um you know quite exceptional in in a lot of ways um and so really learning from them and and, and being part of that is 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 another aspect um also my you know academic background uh, really is really understanding um the right. reasons you know behind uh, these vulnerabilities, the risks, and trying to really um, un- understand what can be done and how to influence uh, to support um, solutions around uh, those things and helping people that are affected in a, in a, in a, in a better way.
0: Right. And, um, you know, you say as an academic and interested in academics, and of course, you you know, with the International Peace Institute, you used to do research and You know, you just say you're interested in finding out what are the reasons behind these vulnerabilities. And can you just tell me a little bit, what are these reasons, what is driving humanitarian needs today?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are, you know, compounding effects, Um, you know, it's not only one thing. Um, you know, conflicts are a major, um, driver of, 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 humanitarian needs, unfortunately, and continue to be, to, to be so. Um, and, and so that's a major one. Um, uh, failure of development, really poverty, people being in situations that are incredibly vulnerable. So they're, 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 you know, they get their, Coping mechanisms really get wiped out by climate shocks, uh, economic shocks, uh, any shock, and and with climate, with the impact mm-hmm. of climate change being so you know, more and more um, drastic, intense, and more frequent, uh, climate change is is, is increasingly a, a key driver as well. Uh, we've seen uh, COVID um, being you know having a devastating impact uh, globally uh, and leading to to humanitarian. Um, uh, Assistance and and all these factors in many contexts are just you know on top of each other. So they um, and right. so it, it is quite complicated and quite dev- devastating uh, more and more.
0: Yeah, and in your view, what are some of the solutions?
1: Okay, A million dollar <laughs> question. <laughs> Um, I think you know, again, um, uh, I think being aware um, of actually what are the fundamental um, reasons uh, for these vulnerabilities and risks is incredibly important and, and I think that's where my passion lies. and I think that's where the work you're doing is so fundamental. Uh, I think we're not there yet in terms of understanding and I think having a really quite sophisticated and deep understanding of these of what, what's happening is so important. I think storytelling is one way of really uh, getting us a sense of that, having um, empathy and an understanding of what what, why there are conflicts, you know, happening in this world, you know, why, what's, um, you know, driving the climate, climate change, Um, what are the, the, the factors that are driving that? I think that's very much um, an area that, that, that will help. The more we understand, the more we'll find solutions, Um, I think that, yeah, that's important.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to come back to you on on stories as we, I know we'll be talking a bit later about uh, homegoing and storytelling and empathy and all of that. I want to come back to you though uh, because I'm also fascinated about your own life and what you're doing. If you could think about one key professional achievement so far for you, what would that be?
1: Um yeah I think I should have anticipated the question, <laughs> 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 but just out top of my head right now I think just um, uh you know starting out in the in the sector in the Darfur you know I was a reporting officer, and I think I saw there um how how much of an impact actually my work can have. I was a reporting officer at the you know at the beginning of of the um, Darfur uh, humanitarian crisis back in 2003, and really right. saw how, you know, um, reporting on the facts, what's happening, and really focusing on the people, what they're experiencing, um, through, you know, um, going out there, having those linkages with, with the operational partners in the field, and getting and, and the affected people, and putting that in words. Um, As much Mm -hmm. as possible in order to mobilize attention, uh, both, you know, political, but also kind of uh, resources. Um, I saw that in real time with my reports being picked up by media, um, you know, more and more operational partners coming to to the region to to, to support. Um, And so I thought that that was one very um, real kind of um, impact that, that I saw. Um, I think that has propelled me and, and inspired me and motivated me to continue to do that, to really uh, focus on uh, the people, and what I could do uh, as an individual to, to, to support. And in the current role, um, and my current role is really at the global level, uh, but providing, mobilizing um, You know, senior experienced uh, colleagues from the global level to uh, deploy to the country level and working with leadership at the country level to find solutions to concrete challenges on the ground. That's basically, you know, uh, what the project does. And that I find uh, very fulfilling. And there's a lot that can be accomplished through that peer to peer um, interaction. So I think there's, you know, not one moment I can point to. I think it's a regular um, thing that keeps me going. Right. And
0: if you could think about one challenge for you, what would that be? And the reason I ask this, I find myself as a humanitarian worker myself, we have both professional and personal challenges, sometimes extremely difficult, but we keep going. And so I'm always also curious to understand what those challenges are. And what keeps humanitarian workers going?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, big challenge for me is that, you know, it's very easy to be overwhelmed uh, with, right. with, um, with what's going on in the world. I think particularly now with, um, you know, misinformation, um, right. you know, kind of the social media and others adding to kind of a, um an atmosphere of of uh, people being polarized and information being lost and 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 um and you know not being able to really discuss and uh, try to understand where where you know what what grievances or issues could be um you know or or even um that's in terms of conflict but also climate and and really trying to understand and there's that misinformation uh, and, and uh, in addition to the just the sheer scale of of mm-hmm. um, the, the 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 problems and the drivers of the humanitarian needs I think that you you can be overwhelmed by that right. so the challenge is and very then how much do you- yeah go ahead No, no, I was
0: going to say, and and I'm sorry for also uh, interrupting you, but then how do you deal with that? Um, Because I feel almost every day it never seems to get better. Um, Very few humanitarian crises have ended. Many of them are protracted, and then we get new ones. So that sense of being overwhelmed, of being overworked, uh, is always there for so many. So how do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? Mm
1: yeah I, I think that that's that's a great question. Um, I think personally um it's really again uh, part of it is trying to focus again to what individually I can do uh, with the focus on um, you know helping the the people that 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 I, I, you know that are needing the the support and really focusing on that yeah. my, uh, a lot. but I think personal care. Is, is really important uh, I think making sure right. that um, you know your your being is is, is is important to make sure that that doesn't affect that so that you know you can keep going uh, I think there's a quite a few um, um, uh, efforts or, or trends that are happening in the sector that are quite encouraging um, uh, particularly um, a, a, a renewed focus on what affected people themselves and local organizations, community-based organizations can do or are able mm-hmm. to, to do and, and how the international community could, fo- to, to, could support and empower them uh, to, right. to uh, be part of the response, something that uh, wasn't as much of a focus a couple of years back. I think that really keeps me going and inspires me and motivates me to, to do better and, and to support those kind of initiatives. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, and I just want to say, I know when we worked together, when you were on the Horn of Africa and Somalia, and I was yeah. Sudan and South Sudan, my whole recollection from back then was how efficient and effective you were. Oh. I remember, you know, we used to go, like, oh my goodness, she's so efficient. She's able to get everything done,
1: and, 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 which is, which I imagine helps. Oh that's super sweet i <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> you know I think one um thing and and you are a mother too I think that being a, a mother um uh, helps i think as well on, on the, in terms of the efficiency yeah. part and and you know to kind of um because you have that responsibility as well uh, and um and I think part of what keeps me going actually is. Also, my role as a mother, um, right. in terms of you know, um, you know, setting a little bit of an example as well. I mean, and 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 yeah. uh, to to my kids, in terms of you know, there are things that you could do as an individual to to um, to 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 make change, affect change in this world. How small it is, but you know, and really being able to just explain that. You know, constantly, uh, because uh, you know our work is quite difficult. It in- involves you know travel and and um, yeah. you know hours, and you have to constantly explain to to the family, the kids, what's, what's what's what you're doing. And I think that keeps me going to 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 kind of right. make sure that that um, that they're also able to at some point, hopefully, yeah. be part of solutions as well.
0: Yeah, and that's so amazing that you say that, talking to your children about work. And I may come back to you towards the end about uh, work-life balance and juggling motherhood and <laughs> an extremely um, busy job. But I want us to go back now to talking about storytelling and, and fiction. And the premise of the this conversation is really trying to see, you know, does fiction have a role um, in raising awareness and motivating action to address the causes and consequences of humanitarian crisis? And so, my first question to you is: Do you really do you think there is a role for fiction for storytelling uh, to teach and even to to motivate and raise action? And if yes, what is that role?
1: Absolutely. I think, um, storytelling is, is incredibly essential. Uh, um, I think just going back to, you know, trying to find solutions. I mean, uh, in terms right. of, it, it is really important to understand, you know, what are the motivations, what are, you know, some of the concerns, um, you know, the day, the, Day-to-day life of, of people being caught up in in these difficult um, situations, and you know, with fiction, um, you can incorporate that in 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 the stories in a way um, that is more you know. Uh, Palpable in terms of and, and, and related mm-hmm. more to to your to 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 your own kind of context and 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 try to understand a bit and and have a little bit more compassion empathy understanding of of that of people's situation and really also try to imagine yourself in that situation by getting lost in these stories. Um, so I think that's incredibly powerful, and and um, and I see you know more and more authors, especially from uh, places, you know, where there are, you know, really quite significant humanitarian crises that are, mm-hmm. um, you know, affected by, by high levels of poverty, you know, people from the those regions that are, uh, understand right. communities and are able to, to, um, you know, uh, develop stories, fiction, but based on, um, you know, people that are there, the, is 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 a way to communicate to the rest of the world of what what is happening what what are some of the concerns um, and, and um, uh, things that are are, are, are important um, in, in these communities right
0: and we are going to talk about homegoing by Iyasa, Gassi and it's such an incredible book. Myself, I read it, and I actually been wanting to to read it. I did want to read it again as I was preparing to speak with you, but I wasn't able to to do so. But what is this book about? And let's start with that. What is this book about?
1: Yeah. So, like you, you know, I had I had read it, uh, you know. Uh, you know, some time back. And when you asked me yeah. about, you know, can you think of a book where, you know, that had an impact on you in terms of what storytelling could do to impact change? I immediately thought of this book, although, you know, the details of it, I didn't quite remember as much, but I think it yeah. was, it did have an impact on me because it, it, it really was, um, it is about um, slavery. Uh, it's, uh, it's it 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 uh, basically talks about a family uh over 300 years you know generations and um uh, basically it it starts with Uh, One uh, woman that was sold to slavery and her sister that stayed on and married uh, basically a a, a person that, you know, in the the community that was selling, basically was involved in the slave trade and basically Mm -hmm. tells the story, uh, you know, over generations of the two uh, um, different basically strands of the family. And so, through the story, it talks about you know slavery, colonialism, um, and the impacts that has you know over generations. Um, and I think one of the things that were incredibly powerful of uh, with the book is the the way, the vivid way um, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, slavery was described. you you felt mm-hmm. basically, you know almost that you were there. Um, it's very mm-hmm. graphic. It's very hard to read uh, some parts, but I thought, wow, yeah. it, it, it is very powerful, and 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 I had wished that many people read it to just get an understanding, yeah. um, in yeah. order to propel some kind of action, and really, uh, or more, um, you know, just motivation to understand a bit more and and to learn a bit more um, about it. Yeah and i like that i i think
0: maybe it's now three or four times that you really see um you know understanding of 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 what people were going through and through that understanding perhaps having also empathy uh and compassion for for these people and um yes, Agassiz, of course does it through these these characters you're right, it, it's very violent. There are moments where it's, it's very difficult to to read. But at the same time, I also felt like there's so many other themes as well that drive it. There's, you know, love and family, um, dignity as well. Sort of these kinds of human connections that in many ways perhaps also help us understand but I also liked, I don't know if you, you remember to talk a little bit about this. I also liked a lot how she portrayed um, life in Ghana before all of this happened. Right. You know, their cultures and, and, and what these communities. I don't know if you, you, you remember any of that to speak to it.
1: Yes, I I I, I do, uh, but I don't remember it as vividly as the other parts. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and now yeah. that you say it, I I I um, um I I do remember uh, that 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 definitely was part of the, the the story, and and that also part was you know very detailed, very um you know uh, very compelling in terms of uh, just trying to put the reader there in that uh, place. Um, I think you know uh, when you talked about you know portraying a community before this something happened um you know I'm going to be daring a, and talk about another book if that's okay Ruth yeah um yeah, of and course. so another book that that um you know uh, I was thinking about was uh, is the how beautiful we were um by um mm-hmm. uh, that was um I forget the author now um M- um yeah that's right and and um mm-hmm. similar uh book in the sense that it is over generations as well and it 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 tells the story of a community um that has been impacted by uh, the coming of a multinational uh company uh that is extracting mm-hmm. uh you know, uh, uh, natural resources and how, how it's really impacted, uh, the, the social fabric, but also the environment mm-hmm. of that community. And it's told over generations. Um, and right. so th- I thought that was also powerful because it, it did kind of, as, as, uh, home going, um, did is really, ha- you know, portray, you know, the, the community before, uh, that, that this, this, this happened and what the impact that has had over time. This is this, this, um, you know, interruption basically. Um, right. and, and that's another book that talks most, you know, on the climate part, you know, really driving right. some, some not only humanitarian needs, but also, um, you know, social kind of challenges that mm-hmm. were not there before or development yeah. challenges and- as well. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: I'm glad, I mean, you mentioned, and actually, you gave it to me as a gift, and I'm going to read there. it. It's actually on my, on my coffee table. Now you have to. Um, yes, I'm going to read it. Um, but one thing, as you were speaking, I was thinking about is, because, you know, for humanitarian work, you know, something happens, you know, whether it's conflict starts, or climate change, or a natural disaster, and then course, you have the communities who have been living there. But in terms of foreigners who come in into these places, um, we really don't know. We don't know that history. Um, and one of the things I really appreciate about these books in many ways is trying to... I think the stories often go back way before we, 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 we arrive, at least foreigners, and the communities are there. course, we have challenges around language. I know you were talking about uh, one of the things that you enjoy or that drives you is this engagement with local organizations. And again, I'm just curious, you know, do you see any role when it comes to fiction or storytelling to help us to really understand all of that, but also engage with uh, the people that we are there to serve or to help?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, um, fiction and storytelling, you know, by, um, kind of inspiring, um, um, you know, kind of compelling us to, to know more, uh, to be more empathetic, um, I think does, you know, and also exposing us perhaps to different perspectives, Mm -hmm. different realities, um and 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 just it does kind of i think it plays an important role and and in, in in kind of further motivating us to, to engage with 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 uh, uh more more meaningfully or deeply with local organizations affected communities um uh because you know the, the 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 fictional storytelling does give you perhaps a yeah. sense and and to you know like investigate a bit more um, and and dig deeper about where the right. communities are from what's their story how's this impacting them and asking questions um uh, in order to to be as helpful as as possible you know yeah yeah and and going back to home going i just took a few
0: notes for myself uh, of course to also speak with you but there was something about um how this communities were fractured as well Um but, you know, look at like the Asante people were traders and then they ended up starting to collect captives you know the Fante uh, were the middlemen who would sell them to the British or the Dutch and it really came back to whoever was for them paying the most uh, price at the time. Um, but this really, you know, trading and kidnapping and selling humans and then sometimes then families having to disfigure uh their children so that they would not be captured. And then of
1: course the trauma of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again I think you you picked up on, you know, why it's it's it was so powerful and compelling this book. Because it it it, yeah. it's, it really doesn't it, it um, prevents you from uh painting the whole thing as black and white you know there and in, in many contexts um you know you have to dig deeper and it's really nuanced and there are many uh different uh you know um uh factors that play out uh to 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 then um lead to a situation and i think that's where again coming back to the importance of having the sophisticated understanding mm-hmm. of uh, why it is it that we are, we're we're mm-hmm. faced with these crises, you know, these conflicts, mm-hmm. and the, the this this um, you know more and more you know humanitarian needs popping up. And if we have that kind of more nuanced, sophisticated analysis of where things have been coming, who is who, what what's was happening then it's, it's, it's a good start to then have, uh, you know, develop solutions by, by uh, really addressing those issues and, and um, you know, that, that actually, you know, go through generations. I mean, they do affect mm-hmm. generations. It's not as if they get erased. You know, this it yeah. comes through. And I think we're, we're lacking that a little bit today, to, 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 you know, yeah. and, and storytelling plays a, a, a big role in terms of perhaps filling that void. Right. And again, I mean, I
0: think you mentioned there as well that resonates with me and in many ways why I really tend to talk a lot about war and conflict and violence. I think to me, what you say about the generational impact, it's really, you know, you have a war, it affects an entire generation. The trauma continues on through people's lives and also impacts their own families. So there's that, I think, that perhaps we don't talk enough enough about. It's not a one day, you know, even if the war ends, it continues to impact people's
1: life for generations to come. Yes, absolutely. And that's the heartbreaking thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, because you see new wars now, you know, coming up. And, and that, you know, uh, you know, um, working in, in, in areas affected and with people affected by war, that it, it takes generations and generations yeah. before... Um, you know, the trauma starts to get even addressed. So adding new trauma, which will affect right. now uh, future generations. And I think, again, storytelling plays a big role, uh, hopefully maybe to prevent, you know, uh, uh conflicts, t- you know, to, to, because, you know, the more there is awareness that this, this is, uh, something that affects and, uh, you know, has a very long-term effect, um,
0: you know yeah. that that could play a role as well no and you're right and um when i spoke to maza uh, about her book um i think one of the things shadow she king. Really said yes shadow the shadow king yeah which is another incredible book one of the things she did say was you know it's also stories to help us understand the price of war and perhaps why we should avoid it and prevent it at all costs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, Ida, we are going to slowly make our way to the end of our conversation. Um, One thing I like to ask humanitarian workers, because again, we're talking about stories and storytelling. I find that almost every humanitarian worker I know has a story or situation that has stayed with them um, you know in their work and what is that story for you?
1: Okay, Ruth, it's difficult to pinpoint it because I think every yeah. humanitarian um, you know, response, every interaction with people that are affected are suffering at that level, particularly when with conflict by, you know, affected by but but also devastating floods and um, and droughts, you know, it, it does stay with you. Um, but if I have to pick, I think, you know, I'm from Ethiopia, and um, you know, my country just, you know, is going through difficult times. And I think seeing um, and supporting that, and and as you say, um, you know, the the knowing that war and its impact uh, and how it has you know, knowing, you know, personally that there's, this takes generations um, yeah. to, to, to address, but also seeing how um, as just a global community, we were not able to really uh, reflect on what, what is, you know, what, what is um, the, the triggering, what, what, what happened mm-hmm. and really you know, mm-hmm. not being um, sophisticated enough and, and, and uh, how that impacts the solutions then we we, mm-hmm. we we try to engage in. I think that's heartbreaking because I think ideally, I, you know, um, if more and more we using storytelling, using being very aware um, and intentional about really understanding where everybody's coming from, including going back to history and understanding, right. and you know, and then uh, for after that, really trying to uh, address concerns or having uh, preventing wars from happening from the beginning, you know, and catching yeah. um, tensions before they get to that point. I think you know, right. just it's been devastating to see that. Um, uh, but but again, I think each. Each um, suffering, each situation that I have seen suffering has made an impact in different ways. Right. And my last
0: question for you is um, if you think about anyone who will listen to this conversation, if they had one action to take to address the causes and consequences of humanitarian crisis, what would that one action be for you?
1: Um, I think I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I think that's my, the point. <laughs> I think the action, and I think that we don't do that enough, is to really, you know, read and really understand, you know, that context, you know, read the history, read, um, you know, whatever is fiction or, or, or just engage with people from that context from communities from that area to really understand um what what's happening uh before really um starting to 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 to, you know uh help you know to try as much as possible to understand um in order to be helpful
0: thank you and i thank you aida that was my last question for you do you have any questions for me No, thank you so much, Ruth. It's great speaking to you as always. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to this conversation today. I hope that you have found it uh, interesting. And if you have, please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Saha Stories and Humanitarian Action. And share, comment and like this video. I'd like to thank Jamal Swift, my co-producer, and Nomadic Band for the music. Thank you. Goodbye.